From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest edition of LPL Market Signals. Uh, Jeff Bookbinder here, your host this week with my friend and colleague, Lawrence Gillum. Lawrence, how are you today? How was the Super Bowl? Uh, it was. It, I'm great. Not as great as you are, of course. Uh, it was a very entertaining game, and um, it was it was fun to watch. I'm sure you echo that sentiment a lot right now. Yes, as a lifelong Chiefs fan, uh, shouldn't surprise anybody that I brought that up first. Uh, but hopefully, everybody, uh, whether you're a fan or not, enjoyed the game and enjoyed uh, the Super Bowl parties. You know, a lot of these Super Bowls are are blowouts, and that that certainly was not very close and entertaining game for for everyone. Uh, but um, you know, that does mean that I am a little bit tired. So I'll try to bring good energy here uh, with the enthusiasm that I have for my football team. But but uh, it, you know, toward, we're recording this Monday. Uh, February thirteenth at the end of the day, and so uh, I'm, I'll admit I'm I'm dragging a bit, but you'll lift me up, Lawrence. You'll lift me up. So here's the agenda. We're going to cover um, just as we always do takeaways from last week. Uh, certainly, uh, Fed speak was a big part of the calendar, uh, no doubt. So, Lawrence, given your fixed income expertise, interested in your thoughts on that. Um, consumer expectations rebound. That's the University of Michigan sentiment index. Just keeps moving higher. Current conditions getting better. Expectations for economic conditions getting better. Uh, and then the inflation expectations in that report held steady. Uh, so, um, you know, the, that wasn't enough for stocks to continue to go higher. We were down last week. Um, I think, Lawrence, I'd probably say that that first bullet point might have had something to do with why we were down. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was... Eight Fed speakers last week highlighted by uh, Jerome Powell, Fed Chief uh, Jerome Powell. He was, you know, they they kept pushing the the hawkish narrative that there's more work to be done. Markets are probably starting to buy into that a little bit more than they did uh, prior to, to last week. But um, yeah, no doubt that uh, that the Fed remains a central message in in markets these days. Yeah, no doubt um, that. I guess the the good news is that terminal rate going up did not cause, you know, the type of pullback we might have seen maybe last year when markets were a little bit more on edge about pricing in an extra hike. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, it, it certainly did uh, impact markets. I'll show you the returns here in a minute. Uh, we did a weekly market commentary this week on whether a soft landing is priced in. You know, the the thinking is uh, as expectations improve as more and more people think the economy is going to maybe muddle through uh, that, you know, maybe stocks reflect that in valuations. And so um, we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'll do a quick earnings update as we are uh, still in earnings season. It's winding down, but still worth uh, just giving you a quick update on the numbers. And then lastly, preview the week ahead, which is, of course, CPI Tuesday morning. Uh, so here are the returns for last week. Uh, you know, I mentioned the S&P down. It was down about 1%, so not terrible. We're still up about 7 for the year. Got a little bit about uh, of this back, uh, actually more than a little bit, back in Monday's rally. But uh, nonetheless, a down week last week, and I think, again, higher interest rates and the Fed, you know, the, the market pricing in maybe a little bit, uh, higher interest rates from the Fed, probably the biggest reason. Uh, there wasn't really any place to hide. We had 
you know, weakness in international as well as domestic, Lawrence. And then we had, um, you know, really in terms of sectors, uh, not a whole lot worked here, uh, but but energy sure did. Anything you want to highlight here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the energy up 5% and the uh, communication services sector down 6%. So pretty wide variation in uh, in returns for those individual sectors. So, you know, it was a, a volatile week if you look at sectors, but if you look at just the, the S&P 500, only down 1%. So positioning matters. Yeah, that, that communication services weakness was certainly a lot of uh, alphabet. Uh, and then the consumer discretionary weakness, certainly a decent chunk of that. Uh, was Amazon, uh, but generally what you saw is the defensive sectors hold up better in a in a weaker market, which uh, you would expect, right? So that's utilities, that's healthcare, that's consumer staples, and the more economically sensitive areas of the market um, generally uh, sold off more. So um, let's move on from that and look at uh, your area, your specialty, Lawrence. The Fixed income markets, that rate move certainly um, was felt for bondholders. Well, for sure, yeah. So the the Fed talking up the more work to do narrative last week pushed bond yields up by about twenty basis points along uh, most maturities across the, the Treasury yield curve. That translated into a you know about a one one and a half percent loss for the various fixed income markets. Credit. High yield bonds were down at almost two percent, so we did see some some spread widening there as well. So it wasn't all just the the Fed narrative, but uh, you know, we've come a long way uh, in terms of spread tightening on the the high yield fixed income market. So maybe uh, a little bit wider spreads there, a little bit higher yields there makes sense given the uncertainty uh, surrounding the economic environment. But all things considered, you know, a, a down one percent week. After as much as many Fed speakers as there were out there last week, it's a uh, you know it, it's a a decent return, albeit a negative one. And as you've reminded me a number of times, Lawrence, as rates move up, like they did last week, that makes bonds more attractive from that point forward. So um, certainly we don't know where yields are going to go, but if they behave, could be a pretty good year for bonds. Yeah, that's right. So the uh, interest rates have moved. About 50 basis points. If you look at the 10-year Treasury yield, it's moved about 50 basis points higher since the January lows. That represents additional income that investors can take advantage of if they hadn't already taken advantage of these high-quality fixed-income assets at these higher yields. You know, now may be another good opportunity to, to add high-quality fixed-income assets to portfolios. Excellent point. So um, let's flip back to stocks and look at the S&P 500 here. Uh, really a nice looking chart. You know, we talked last week about the golden cross, right, where the 50-day moving average goes back above the 200-day. Uh, so we've got that. We're right around 4,100. That's a key support level at this point. So that that test maybe isn't quite over. But if we can get to the point where we've secured this uh, 4,100 level uh, and, uh, you know, confirm the upside breakout there, then you know, you might look at 4,300 as as within reach. Now, maybe that could take a number of months, uh, but that would certainly be a reasonable uh, price target from a technical analysis perspective. There's a couple of uh, technical resistance points between here and there. Uh, as we've heard from our chief technical strategist, Adam Turnquist, uh, but um, we still got a little bit of room. So um, have, a, have an upside bias, no doubt. 
from a technical perspective on on stocks here and our uh, overall target for year end based on you know the broad process of fundamentals technicals and valuations uh, we think could could take us to 4400 so let's um turn to the soft landing question that we want to spend the the bulk of this podcast on which is you know is it priced in right uh, there's no doubt that the market's expectations for economic growth have improved a little bit over the last several months and that's certainly a big reason why you know the stock market is up 15% off of its lows right so now we look at the question well is well first there's two questions right are we going to get a soft landing and this chart lawrence tells us that we we got a really good chance because you know maybe you have to take out that anomaly the last jobs report was just ridiculously strong kind of out of nowhere uh and we don't think that's going to be repeated but if you look at the moving average of this number th this is just monthly payrolls it's been gradually moving lower that's that's what you'd want in a soft landing that's absolutely right yeah the, the fed wants to reduce the the or soften the, the strong job market to reduce aggregate demand to help offset some of those inflationary pressures and they want to do it gradually, right? They don't want to in increase the unemployment rate too dramatically, where they're throwing you know millions of people out of out of work, out of jobs. So this this gradual decrease uh, in in job gains over the course of the past uh, twelve months or so has been a, a, a pretty good narrative in terms of of um, you know reinforcing that soft landing uh, you know possibilities. January, we've talked about it. It maybe some of that additional. Job growth with seasonal factors that were that were changed recently, but um, the the direction that trend is certainly moving in the right way to suggest a, a soft landing is still probable at this point. Yeah, I mean maybe we'll be we'll be vague and say it's you know close to a coin flip, but um, no doubt it's a real possibility. Whereas just a few months ago, you know most people would say very low uh, probability that we. We actually avoided technical recession. So the job market's a good reason why we might get a soft landing. Um, here's another reason. Again, this is from the weekly market commentary this week that you can find on LPL.com. And um, th this is one of my favorite charts to, you know, help explain how consumers are actually in pretty good shape, right? I mean, a, a low unemployment rate does it, right? We're basically 50-year lows of unemployment. Uh, but, you know, there's so much focus on the debt. So this just takes the debt obligations relative to income. That's the um, financial obligations ratio. And, and you see here that consumers can afford to pay the debt that they have right now, right? Even though rates have gone up. So I look at this as saying that consumers still have plenty of firepower uh, to, you know, at least get through the year. So, you know, I think if you're going to make the case for a soft landing, and 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 we are generally, this has to be part of the story. Yeah, and the the point I would make is a lot of this debt is is fixed rate debt too. So despite the fact that interest rates have moved higher, uh, we're not seeing these this these debt payments reset higher as well. So, uh, the, you know, the consumers in, in in pretty good shape from a balance sheet perspective, and that's one of the things that we're really missing from say you know this rate hiking campaign versus past. You know, Fed rate hiking campaigns is there's just not a lot of of over levered consumers or or businesses. Leverage has been really taken out of the system. So, you know that that's making a difference in terms of the stability and the sustainability of of consumer spending. 
you know, you could say that the uh, maybe the upside of going through the financial crisis was that, you know, consumers and businesses cleaned up balance sheets. And so uh, that means your business cycles probably aren't going to be as dramatic going forward. And certainly this one's lining up to be, uh, you know, a very short and shallow recession if we do get one. So um, th this is a positive story. So again, we're not saying that a soft landing is likely. We're saying, you know, maybe it's more likely than a coin flip. Uh, but certainly, you know, with consumer spending being such a big part of the economy, 70% or so, if consumers are in good shape and continue to spend, then, um, you know, those those chances increase. With consumer sentiment improving, uh, you know, we'll also, and the debt manageable and employ unemployment low, uh, consumers are going to continue to spend. They also have a lot of excess cash still sloshing around. So, um, things are looking up. Things are looking up, no doubt. Now, um, this is where the conversation gets a little trickier, Lawrence, because you know we ask questions that priced in. Maybe you can weigh in on the bond market and and how much of a soft landing is priced in there. But in terms of the stock market, a good chunk of a soft landing is probably priced in, but we don't think all of it. So um, this chart just shows stocks relative to bonds on an earnings yield basis. Okay, called the equity risk premium. So what kind of earnings are you getting out of the stock market compared to what kind of earnings, which are really called yield, what kind of earnings are you getting out of the bond market? And how well, how does that ratio look? So if you're above this you know, orange dotted line, um, you know, that means stock valuations look better than bond valuations. So that's a positive equity risk premium relative to long-term average. So despite the fact that stocks have gotten a lot more expensive, um, you know, as yields have risen, that still, you know, I mean, the, the end result here is still fair valuations or maybe even a little bit cheaper than fair. Um, this might surprise some people, but based on this measure, and we think that yield should be a part of the valuation discussion, kind of brings, you know, my specialty and Lawrence's specialty together. We would say stocks look, you know, pretty fairly valued here, maybe even a little bit cheap. What do you think, Lawrence? Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we've we've seen a, a big move higher in, in prices over the past, say, several months, but um, you know, yields have fallen during that time period as well, most recently since the the December highs in, in, in treasury yields. So, you know, all in all, you come up with fair valuations for maybe stocks and bonds. Yeah, I think that's right. So, you know, asset allocation decisions are stocks versus bonds in most cases you can use alternative investments too but you know they can both look good and that's kind of where we are right now right we think maybe yields could move a little bit lower uh and we also think you know after this little soft patch in earnings earnings can go higher and stock valuations you know aren't that expensive if if you just take a simple pe forget about interest rates just simple pe it's in line with the long term average um, at least if you go back, you know, a few decades, not if you go back further than that. Um, you know, in the old days, stocks were just cheaper for a number of reasons. But just the last few decades, you know, kind of a trailing PE of 19, last four quarters earnings. That's that's pretty normal uh, these days. We've certainly been higher than that. So we would argue valuations are fair. And that means uh, some odds of a soft landing are reflected in prices, but they're not fully priced in. Um, also consider that earnings are a little bit depressed right now because of inflation, right? Uh, this is why companies are 
cutting costs to try to support profit margins. After we get through whatever you want to call this period, it's kind of a stagflationary period. After we get through it, earnings are going to have some upside. And we think that can lift stocks. Now we're maybe talking 2024, uh, not 2023, but certainly there's some upside to uh, to earnings. So that kind of completes the question of whether um, a soft landing is priced in. I'll also point out, though, that you know higher risk stocks versus lower risk stocks, that looks a little bit stretched. So this actually kind of points in the other direction. Um, if you look at how how well higher risk stocks or more volatile stocks have done rather than, you know, versus the lower volatility stocks just year to date. It's one of the biggest runs of our performance we've seen in decades. Okay. So that tells you the market is pricing in a soft landing, right? Because the market is embracing risk by favoring those higher risk stocks. So there's, there's risk here. This is not clear cut. Um, wanted to kind of point that out in the interest of being balanced. So let's turn to earnings. Um, well, actually, unless Lawrence, you want to weigh in on the soft landing odds being priced into the bond market? Well, yeah, I was going to make two comments. It depends certainly on which market you're looking at. You know, as we know, following markets, there's no real black and white kind of narrative there. So it's if you look at just the, the high yield market, it's similar to the high beta names that you just mentioned. High yield markets are really pricing in, a, you know, whether it's a soft landing or even a no landing, you know, they're, they're, the, the high yield market is pretty optimistic about economic growth on a go forward basis. But if you look at the rates market and you, if you look at the yield curve inversion, meaning that these longer maturity uh, treasury yields are, are lower than shorter maturity treasury yields, which is the opposite of what happens in general. Uh, and that tends to happen around uh, a time where economic growth may be slowing and, and recession risks have increased. We're at the deepest levels that we've seen for that yield curve inversion since the 80s. So mixed messages coming out of the fixed income markets. Uh, who's right? You know. We'll see. Uh, we we think maybe that uh, you know we, we're leaning kind of indecisive at this point, frankly, just given the the mixed data that we're getting out of the economy. Uh, but we are getting some divergent signals coming out of the fixed income markets as well. Yeah, this is why you've heard some you know money managers that are, have a lot more experience than I do saying this is one of the most difficult environments that they've ever seen. Right? You 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 don't really have a playbook for this, which is why maybe it makes sense that we would just say it's a coin flip and we're just going to have to wait for more information. Uh, it's not a high conviction type of call. So thanks for that. Let's uh, let's shift to earnings, Lawrence, and talk about um, you know, the latest numbers. We, we're tracking about a 5% decline, which is a miss. We very rarely get misses. I guess there's a tiny bit of good news here. Uh, that number is a little better than it was last week. And you've still got, you know, 70% beat rate, which is not terrible. You still got 4.7% revenue growth, which of course is good. Um, helped by inflation, but still good. Uh, and forward estimates for the S&P 500 have not quite fallen as much as people thought. So you've seen the market react positively to what appears on the surface to be pretty weak earnings. Uh, suggesting that you know expectations maybe just got too low. When when earnings season began, um, I don't know if I made this prediction on the podcast or not, but I certainly made it on, on internal calls. I predicted we'd see earnings fall maybe between five and seven dollars for S and P five hundred this year, 
And that's exactly what's happened. Now, we're not done yet, but that tells me that, and I may be more of an earnings bull than most. We're about 80% done with the market cap um, in earnings season. It's not going to move that much. So what that tells me, the market's positive reaction to a cut of $7 off of earnings per share. This is, we started at 230 roughly. Now we're around 223 224 right? I think, I mean, the market probably expects more downside here, Lawrence, and that sets up a potential upside surprise where bad news is actually well-received. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's one of the more intriguing things about this earnings season is that uh, I think you pointed out earlier that some of the, the bigger misses have pr- produced the biggest upside surprises in terms of performance, uh, just because the, the narrative has been so negative uh, lately. And you showed a chart earlier in, in this podcast about the, the rally from the, uh, the S&P 500. I mean, think about the rally that we've had since October, in, you know, despite all the negative news out there and all the geopolitical issues and, and the, the balloons and all this other stuff. It's just amazing how resilient this equity market has been and continues to be uh, just because I think there's a lot of negative sentiment out there that's starting to reverse a little bit, which is good to see. Well, you know, those balloons were sent by aliens, right, Lawrence? So we they're not, they're friendly aliens, right? So there's After, no- I mean, it's it's 2023. It wouldn't, sur- it wouldn't surprise me at this point. <laughs> Anything can happen. Oh, which is just, just a crazy, crazy story. Uh, we'll be interested to hear kind of what the government figures out when they, you know, I guess they haven't found all these yet. So stay tuned. But man, what a crazy story that is. Um, so yeah, I think that the to put a bow on the earnings discussion, news has not been great. There's no doubt, but the market actually ex- seemed to have expected worse, and uh, in the end, has responded positively. So uh, we'll probably do um, you know one more quick earnings update, maybe in the next week or two, and that'll be the end. It's pretty much over uh, for earnings season, and frankly, just getting through it is probably <laughs> the best news because. Um, it, it was hard to see it being an upside catalyst. We have seen some cost cuts uh, be well received, right? That I mean, certainly the um, the meta results, formerly Facebook, you know, certainly making better use of capital or cutting costs and being more efficient. That sort of that sort of story. That's just an example. That sort of story has been pretty well received. I think you saw the same thing from Disney and others. Uh, the market's concerned about margins and overspending. Right, which certainly a, a lot of tech companies did during the pandemic, and the adjustment coming off of that, I think, has gone a little bit better than maybe a lot of people thought. It'll continue, uh, but it's it's certainly, um, you know, we've certainly seen a lot of progress in that in that regard. So uh, let's turn to previewing the week, Lawrence. Most of this is is kind of um, continuing the same discussions we just had. Right, we have CPI tomorrow morning. So by the time you hear this, you will have seen uh, the CPI. Um, I think inflation, and well, there's more Fed speak too, but I think inflation with CPI and PPI is the most important uh, data of the week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, retail sales is is will be looked at as an important uh, measure uh, of, of the consumer, but it, yeah, it's all about inflation and really the real average hourly earnings will be interesting to see as well, to see if there's any sort of these wage price spirals that are maybe concerning to some Fed officials. We don't see that happening in some of the, the other data, but you know, markets will certainly be paying attention to the 
the, the that that data release as well. But uh, you know, frankly, it's all about the the, the CPI. There are. 11 Fed speakers this week, though, too. So wow. that should be fun to, to listen to all of those Fed speakers this week. Uh, I think I'll just continue to celebrate the Chiefs Super Bowl victory rather than listening to all those Fed speakers. Maybe look for some souvenir T-shirts or something. I'll let you handle that, Lawrence, uh, and, and Jeffrey Roach and Quincy Crosby and the rest of the team. Um, I love listening to Powell um, and I always listen to everything Powell says publicly. Uh, but uh, I'll, I'll leave the rest of the Fed speak to uh, to you. So thank you for covering that. I actually think that retail sales has, might have a little bit of downside risk. Um, you know, those expectations are not layups. We'll see. Hope I'm wrong. But, um, you know, it's, I mean, we just talked about how the consumers, you know, balance sheets are still quite strong. And that's true. And the job data is is, is excellent. Maybe too good. But you know, coming from December to January, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see if uh, if consumers start off the year um, uh, spending strong. And then the last thing I think you highlighted here, Lawrence, is the leading economic index. So um, you know that's another signal that's telling us we're going to have a recession, probably a mild one, but that's certainly telling us along with the yield curve uh, and other indicators. Uh, certainly, we have our um, you know our antenna up to you know make sure we we know if we're wrong we come to that realization as quickly as we can and adjust accordingly still still you know we'll call it 50 50 on soft landing maybe a little bit better but man some of these indicators are uh are clearly pointing to recession which goes back to this cycle just being so unique and there is no playbook the 1970s aren't a great playbook either but that's certainly where people typically go you know, early 80s to try to find an environment that looks like this one. I'm not sure how helpful that is to be to be honest. So um, certainly we, um, you know, we'll continue to watch the data and, and go where it tells us. But man, they, they, you know, this would be quite a soft landing, and I think would would surprise some folks if we can model through while some of the most effective uh, recession indicators are still are still clearly pointing to recession. So uh, you want to send us home with any final comments on this, Lawrence? No, I am. Uh, it's going to be a busy week of Fed speak, as as you pointed out. I'm going to be listening to everything that they all they all say. So I'll be uh, busy this week, and you know, along with that, I'll be watching some paint dry and some grass grow because those are exciting for me, apparently. Uh, while you go out and celebrate your Chiefs. Yes, I, I I wish I could attend the parade, but no such luck. Not going to make it to Kansas City on on Wednesday. I'll. Uh, I'll live through my family's joy, the, the, the family that I have that's still there. So um, so with that, uh, well, by the way, Eagles played an amazing game. Jalen Hurts was really, really impressive. So hats off to the Eagles. Wow, they, Hurts was more than good enough to win a Super Bowl. Um, so um, with that, let's go ahead and, and, and end it. Thank you, Lawrence, for um, you know being the fixed income for my equities. Uh, I didn't want to get too, too optimistic, too ebullient after uh, the football game yesterday. So you kind of helped keep me uh, level. Um, I'll actually, I'll be on vacation next week. So we're going to have, um, we'll call it a mystery host. I won't, I won't spoil who the host is going to be, but um, you will not hear from me. My guess is you won't hear from Lawrence, although maybe, I don't know, Lawrence, have you had discussions with this mystery host about jumping on next week? 
I have not, but I'm intrigued to, to uh, learn who it is now. All right. Well, everybody will just have to join us next week to find out. So um, uh, whatever it is, it'll be, or whoever it is, they're going to do a great job. So uh, please join us uh, next week for another edition of LPL Market Signals. Thank you, everybody, for listening today. Thanks again, Lawrence, uh, and we will talk to you next week. This material was provided by LPL Financial, is for general information only, and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer Member FINRA and SIPC insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, please note LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency, not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposit or obligations, and may lose value.